Strange Stuff Sideshow. Stuff you might not know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Strange Stuff Sideshow. This is Kat Clifford, one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emily Pig. And we are going to be talking about Things that are weird, outside the mainstream, slightly odd, not the usual thing you'd have a conversation about. Um, I believe this is episode five, am I right about that? Yes. Yay! (laughs) Okay, what are you bringing to the table today? Uh, I think you should go first, because mine will just add on to yours. Okay, okay. Well, today I am going to talk about Bipedal humanoid lake monsters. <laughs> nice. And what does that mean? Um, basically, there's like okay, so you know there's like Nessie and stuff. Mhm. Well, these are not like that. They're almost like so, like kind of like mer people, but they have legs and they can come out of water. And there's been quite a lot of sightings of them all over the world. But I find it weird because. Not that many people actually talk about them. People are a lot more, seem to be a lot more obsessed and interested with, like, Nessie and Champ and Ogo Pogo and all of these, like, big, like, plesiosaur-esque serpentine things. And, and, and it's only, like, I'd heard of a few of them, but, like, when I started looking into it, there's loads. And a lot of them are in, like, a very particular area of the US, or the ones that I could find, anyway. What part of the U.S.? Um, around Indiana and Ohio. So is that, like, central? I think they call it the Midwest, but I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of... I think I, I'm I'm terrible with geography of, of where the states are, in all honesty. Well, I assume that if I don't really know where the state is, it's generally either going to be north I think or it, central. Do you know what's the worst thing? Is that I've been to both Indiana and Ohio. Okay. <laughs> But I wasn't driving, so that's how I am going to excuse myself from that. Um, So yeah, I did quite a lot of research into them. So so the first one I want to talk about is actually from not the places I just mentioned. But um, this is from, like, close to us, so Victoria, B.C., you ever heard of this? You used to live in Victoria. Have you of ever heard course. of a bipedal lake no, monster? Definitely have not. I don't think that's something they really. Do. They talk about ghosts. Ghosts are a really big thing. In you Victoria. have a book on it, do you know? Yeah, it's just because of like, um, because of the gold rush, a lot of like things went down, and essentially like Victoria was just full of like, um, like bars and like, uh, like strippers and stuff and like well, brothels. Brothels. Uh-huh. What it is. That's pretty much what it was. Okay. So, so like, a lot, a lot of, of things happened that were not so, you know, politically correct, and uh, a lot of shady things went down. I think a lot of people died, and a lot of murders were covered up, so. Yeah, makes sense. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we should look into that. Well, also, BC does have a sea monster as well. It has the Cadbrosaurus. Yes, that is quite common, especially, like, more, like, up on the island more. Yes. But I haven't heard anything mainly south. But I have, like, there's well, a lot more. I mean, Cadbrosaurus, I believe, has been seen near Victoria at some point. Yeah. But, I don't know. 
But this is this is weird because it's in a lake and it's in a small lake as well. It's not a big lake. This first mon- monster, I yeah. put in air quotes. So. In 1972, two teenage boys claimed to see a monster emerge from the water while swimming at Thetis Lake Beach. Thetis. Yes, Thetis. T-H-E-T-I-S. Okay. You're looking it up online. (laughs) Also, I found out where Ohio is, and it's just by, like, Detroit, so not too far from Toronto, so it's actually in that area. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that's interesting, then, because that kind of... Maybe links a little more to what we're talking about. Oh, interesting. So Thetis Lake that you're talking about is actually what connects, like, Langford to um, Victoria, but it's closer to Langford. Oh. And I believe it's actually like a lot of people go to. It is. It's uh, really known for, like, its recreational activities, like mm-hmm. fishing and things like that. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it's super weird because, it, yeah, apparently it's like a small fairly small shallow lake yes so the idea that there's some sort of fucking mad creature living in there is is interesting yeah um so basically so yeah in 1972 these kids are swimming and then this creature comes out of the water and uh chases them and it's actually like caused an injury to one of the boys it like scratched their arm um and that left like a imprint and it said that like that had three webbed webbed uh fingers yeah with claws and it also had barbed fins on its head arms and legs and the boys actually went to the police and and reported it which is weird like why would teenage what would like teenage boys have to gain for making up a lie about a monster in a lake, you know? Yeah. Like, especially to the the, the RCMP. <laughs> like, well, yeah, so no, because, like, there is that movie, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, the weirdest thing is, is, yeah, they say it looks fairly like that. Yeah. And, and, and one of the boys, but not at the time, but way later on, said it was a hoax, but, like, a like... That's interesting because they kept getting asked about it, so... I feel like you already... People think you're, like, a, like a lunatic. Yeah. And then you have to... Like, it gets dredged up, like, every few years, and you have to answer questions from people who are, like, writing an article or you know, saying, like, at some point you might be like, oh, it's a hoax, just so they leave you alone. Well, as I'm looking at this more and more, so it actually is not too far to be connected from the ocean. Yes. So, like, this is where the ocean is, and, like, it at one point in time, it could have been... Like, an inland of the oh, ocean. And so then, it got left in there, but no one's seen it? That's weird. Unless it, like, like a frog, like, migrates back to where it was born, or, like, a salmon. Yes. And it is coming from the ocean. Walk. And, yeah, it does have legs. Yeah. And it could potentially... I'm not really sure what the lay of the land is around there in regards to, like, small estuaries and stuff, or, like, forested areas. But it could. It I, looks. It looks pretty forested. You'd have to cross maybe one or two roads, and then after that, it, for the most part, it'd be easy enough to get there. Also, um, that area, yes, like it is from one place to another, but it's not like a populated area. Yeah, like well, we have yeah. maybe like four hundred thousand people in that area, and most of the people are elderly and don't go out after a certain time of night. So, if yeah. there was something that wanted to travel. 10.30 would be a good time to try to make it over. But that's interesting because frogs 
like I remember we took uh like my my nan's neighbor had a bunch of frogs yeah and like there was too many in her pond in her garden so we like caught loads of little baby frogs and then we took them to the pond that was near like maybe like a mile away like where my nan used to walk her dog yeah and then like they came back like those frogs like migrated back to where they were born interesting I don't know if that's actually a behavior of frogs, but those ones came back. Well, it's so. a behavior of a lot of animals, so yeah. it wouldn't be that... Better. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, continuing. The creature was described to be roughly triangular in shape, about five foot tall, and five feet across the base, which is a really weird thing. So it's like a, a, a square... Like, it's five foot... Like, oh, do they mean triangle from the top down? Yeah, like it had, like, a big belly, like it was a fat... A fat I don't animal. know if that's what it means. I'm not sure. It's a very confusing description. Right. Um, anyway, and there was another sighting made. So, like, the the basically, the RCMP actually were quoted as saying, like, the, the 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 kids seemed like they were sincere about what they'd seen, so they didn't really have any alternative rather, other than to like actually investigate because yeah. they were like, well, this is our job. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and they couldn't say for sure that they made it up or anything. And then four days later, two guys said they saw the same thing on the but on the other side of the lake. And said it came out of the water and looked around and then went back into the water and then they ran away. Um, and they described it as just having like an ordinary human body, um, but with a monster face. Uh, and it had like a stick sticking out of its head, which goes with like the barbed thing that the other kids yeah. said. Um, and really big ears. And they said the hu- hu- creature had a human-esque kind of face. But covered in scales mm-hmm. and like silver blue skin. Okay. So, but there's some interesting things. And the reason I chose to talk about this one, other than it being like fairly local to where we lived last year and you live for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Thetis Lake is actually the name Thetis comes from Greek mythology and it is the name of a sea nymph who was a daughter of um one the god of like one of the god Ner- Nereus and all his daughters were called the Nereids right and Thetis was one of the daughters okay but like actually the na- lake there is named for HMS Thetis which was a boat in the navy the British navy and the British navy set up a Canadian forces base Wait, Canadian Forces Base, es- I, I don't know how to say it, Esquimalt? Esquimalt? Oh, es- Esquimalt? Yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be able to say that right. Yeah. But that's right, like, that's, you know, right by Victoria. Yeah, it mm. pretty much is Victoria. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we spoke about, a, like, so it's weird. There's named after this Greek god of the sea. And then it's, like, in this lake. But then... There's a military base there, and we already spoke about military bases. You don't know what the fuck's going on in there. Yeah. And perhaps they're working on something to... Well, there was know. a lot of shitty things that went on, because I think it was people from England that came over there, which is why it's now a lot of, like, English pubs, and there's a lot of English people there. Um, they came, and they essentially just heard of gold. 
Yes. You know, that they, that there was going to be, like, this, like, gold mining that you were going to make it rich. And, like, they just came and they destroyed a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. They digged a lot. They um, did some shady stuff. There was a lot of rich, rich money there. Yeah. Currently, still, um, because of this. And, yeah, it was just, like, who knows what they did. And who knows what was there, because the island at that point was barely touched. Yeah. Like, there was indigenous people, but that was, like, the first place they actually landed on the island and, like, really started cultivating and, like, using the land, mm-hmm. you know, from an outsider's point of view. And so who knows what was there. And also the island is known as, like, a very, like, interesting and, like, spiritual place. Well, it's like, there's a, a Bigfoot lot of, hot spot, isn't it? Like, yeah. there's lots of reports of people seeing Bigfoot there. Yeah. And, um, well, I was going to save this for a bit later, but I maybe now is as good as time as any since you just mentioned that, um, which is that, hang on, give me a second, I have to find this in my notes now. Uh-huh. Ah. Did I mess up your notes? Okay, cool. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so... You know about ley lines? Ley lines are like lines that run around like the earth and they're like electromagnetic and that they are like uh, energy, kind of like energy lines and you'll find that a lot of things like that are on ley lines is like, well, Washington DC is on God's latitude, which is one of the ley lines. And then you've got like Stonehenge, the pyramids, uh, the Mayan temples and they're all built along these and lines how do, you, how do you spell that lay uh i think it's l-e-y okay um Just so in like case other people don't know what it is either yes um so basically yeah they basically so then you have vortices which are on the ley lines and the ley lines kind of join these vortices which are like energy hotspots on the earth mm-hmm. and like the earth has energy due to its magnetic field and NASA research has proved that human energy field is tuned to certain earth waves and then there's these, yeah, these vortices hotspots um, and... In the sacred text, The Keys of Enoch, um, it refers to a time that will come that there'll be these, they'll emerge 12 power spots across the globe, which presumably will be on these vortices that already exist, or at least some of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And in The Keys of Enoch, one of those 12 power centres is on Vancouver Island. Oh, okay. And then Vancouver Island also has ley lines running through it. Yeah. So, who's to say? I I don't even know. Like, like we were talking about tulpas or something along those lines. Yeah. So you have this, like, energy thing, and then this lake is given a name that's to do with, like, a Greek sea entity, and it was created. Yeah. Because of, like, it's a high-energy hotspot, and then people, like, there was this link to it. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Well, there's, yeah, a lot of theories around the island. Um, a lot. Like, that is, like, a big, big thing um, once you go there. A lot of people believe in it. A lot of people actually, like, um, I know from, my, like, my own experience, a lot of people who move there become more spiritual when they're there, even if they weren't spiritual to begin with. 
um, it's just a place that fosters that kind of energy mm. and that kind of um, thought. There could be a specific reason for it, and then it also could just be culture. That once you're kind of in that culture, you're like, oh, okay, I would like to check this stuff out. Well, people hear about it and then go there because they hear about the way yeah. it is, and they already think like that. Yes. Um, and presumably that breeds, like, magical... You know, people who are interested in Wicca or, like, pagan deities or anything like that. And then they're bringing with them their own thoughts, which could cause, like, the materialization of something. Or perhaps they're even summoning something, Mm -hmm. like an ancient demon or life form or... Or the other theory that a lot of people put forward with regards to these, like, humanoid lake monsters is, is... it's UFOs, like the extraterrestrials even. Yeah. And interestingly, in Victoria in 1972, I did find a report of a uh, UFO, a red fireball object around three feet in diameter was reported. But there were also two other documented UFO sightings, both in Chilliwack and Prince George, BC, around the same time. So there was activity happening there. So I don't know. Was it was it an alien that these kids saw? Because I think it's been seen potentially once more in like way more recently, maybe like twenty sixteen or something like that. Yeah. But like they're not sure it was the same thing or if just because this was like triggered. Mm-hmm. Because the next one we'll talk about actually something like similar to that did happen. So there's a these sightings from a long time ago but because of the legend recently i think it was like live last year or the year before so the next one we're talking about is the loveland frogman but in that area a kid was out playing pokemon go on halloween and was dressed as a frog and then loads of reports came in for the loveland frogman being sighted but it was just a kid out playing pokemon dressed as a frog of course on halloween that's hilarious <laughs> So, yeah, the next one is the Loveland Frogman. And now this one, the original sighting was in 1955, wherein a travelling businessman spotted either on a bridge or along the side of the road, it changes, uh, three figures which were stood on their hind legs, um, each of them three to four feet high, so a similar size range to the thing that was seen in the Thetis Lake. Um, Leathery skin, frog faces. Uh, the frog people all stood having a conversation until one held a wand over its head and fired a spray of sparks and the businessman fled huh. after seeing this. Which is interesting because it's... This one seems to be pointing to, like, something that can at least use tools and maybe more than that, like some sort of magic device yeah. or alien device. Yes. So... Yeah, and then this this creature was then seen about 20 years later in 1972, and this time it's by a police officer. So it's it's interesting that police, like, are seeing and getting involved in these things, because you'd think that those are the sort of people who'd be like, I'm not reporting this. Well, yeah, but like, also imagine how many of them actually go unreported. Well, yeah, that's and true. Because they are the people who are out constantly... Like twenty four seven, going to these like weird phone calls mm-hmm. and seeing stuff, and probably don't talk about it, like because they're for fear of like repercussions or being taken the piss out of or ridiculed or whatever. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. So this one's at like one a.m. in the morning, 
And an officer, Ray Shockey, he's driving down a drive near a boot factory. I don't know why that comes up, but it does. Um, and he saw, like, an unidentified animal, like, run across the road in front of his vehicle. And then it was, like, lit up by his headlights. And it was three to four feet, uh, about 50 to 75 pounds, leathery skin. And it was crouched like a frog before it momentarily stood up and then jumped over a guardrail down into the river. Mm-hmm. Um, and another officer went back and, like, investigated where he had seen it, and he did find, like, a scratch marks across the guardrail where the animal was, like, purportedly jumped over. Another interesting thing, there's an Air Force base in the area. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's really interesting to start looking if there's an electric base. And there usually is within, like, not very far at all. Yeah. Um, now, what's super interesting about the Loveland Frogman is um, that just one year after these little dudes were seen mm-hmm. was one of the most famous UFO events in like most well documented in America happened in the same area. Yeah. Have you ever heard uh, of the uh what do they call it? The Mansfield encounter? No. Okay, so Richmond County on October eighteenth, nineteen seventy three um it involved a military helicopter, which was flown by sober men of impeccable character, is the quote, <laughs> who filed their experience into the public press before anyone in official channels could, like, hush it up, which is important. This is why it's so well documented. Yep. So they wanted people to know that this had happened. Uh-huh. Uh, the captain of the helicopter was Larry Coyne, and sometimes this incident is called the Coyne Incident, or, like I just said, the Mansfield Encounter. Yeah. Uh, so it's like 11 p.m. The U.S. Army Reserve Huey passed over Richland County, flying to Colum- from Columbus to Cleveland, and there's four enlisted men on board, and one of them like just randomly is like says to the captain, "Oh, I can see like this red light," and but it seemed like it was out of place. Yeah. And then within like moments. The odd light was in motion and it was really like moving straight towards the helicopter like it was going to crash into it. Uh, And then the captain took a media evasive action and he like dived it, uh, his aircraft like out of the path and suddenly the object stopped still in midair right in front, uh, in front and above them. And it like beamed like a spotlight down like you see in fucking movies of UFOs. Yeah. Like when the cows like whoop when they're like abducted stuff. Yeah. Maybe that even comes from this because it was brilliant green in colour, like exactly like you'd imagine in a comic book or a picture or something. Um, Pause for a moment to scan the military personnel who were amazed, staring back wide-eyed and amazed. Then it buzzed off over Mansfield. The men in uniform stopped freaking out. They realised that their helicopter had been like teleported or dragged like 2,000 feet above where it had been like minutes before mm-hmm. so they're like 2,000 feet higher than they're supposed to be uh, and they don't know how they got there <laughs> um, and and remember he'd also dived the helicopter 
to try and get out of the way of this thing. So it, it had already dived and then been dragged straight upwards in this, like, tractor beam or whatever you want to call it. Which just, just sounds fucking terrifying. I think I might have died of a heart attack if I was in that helicopter. I don't like flying yeah, at the best of times. How much power would that have to be where something isn't moving? Like Yeah, it just grabs you and, and just it takes drags you. And you. takes itself with no, like, which is ease. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, so they needed fuel, but then I think they were scared and they were just trying to get out of the area. <laughs> so they went to, like, the next thing. But... The, the the thing that makes it super interesting is that it was actually reported by people who were on the ground. They reported seeing it all happen. Wow. It was a, a mom and her kids, I think, and they saw the huge, like, beam in the sky and, like, also commented on it being, like, brilliantly green. Uh, and they said it was, like, absolutely beautiful. Uh, but then, obviously, she was like, fuck me, I've got my kids with me, and, like, just bundled everyone in the car and drove away, but did report it. Yeah. Which is intriguing. Interesting that it was in the 70s. Well, yeah, I just think it's it was super interesting as well that you have the Loveland Frogman, who's, like, I do, like, a lot of research into, like, cryptids and stuff, and they very rarely, apart from, like, Bigfoot and, I guess, like, AP kind of ones... Uh-huh. Like, they very rarely have ever reported being seen with, like, tools. And then you see these little frogmen who have something that's shooting fucking sparks out. And then a year later, a giant fucking UFO just appears in the area. Yeah, who knows if they were, like, frogs or if they were just extraterrestrials. Well, I mean, little green men again, isn't it? Like, they... Like, what if it had just come back to pick them up and they... Because they'd been doing, like, a reconnaissance mission around yeah. there. And then these military people just got in the way. Yeah. And they were trying to beam up their their buddies. Mm-hmm. Or even open a portal or something. Maybe, like, the, the amount of energy that it takes to, like, open up a portal in the area for people to, like... For their people to jump through or whatever would cause, like, stuff to... Like, it sounds like it just lost gravity, in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. Or, honestly, who knows if they weren't just messing around. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you, you never know. You're not just... You could assume that it was only, like, you know, recruits that come to Earth. It could be anybody mm-hmm. with a, a spaceship. And who knows if they don't have rich, wealthy, like, spoiled kids... On other planets and other dimensions, who mm-hmm. just decided to come to Earth because it's funny to mess with us, tip her cows over. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who knows? Yeah, yeah. You just don't know, do you? No, it's fucking crazy. You assume that they're just like these, like you know, like skilled, like people, aliens that are trying to like come after us or like track us or like scientists or like yeah. there's some kind of like whatever. But they could really just be an average Joe or anybody or, like, a family and their kids and their kids are annoying twats, like... Yeah, well, yeah. You never know. I was also thinking, like, that, like, that they, like, kind of, like, a lot of them kind of look like something on Earth, but not quite. Yeah. Like, and I was, like, imagining that they see something on Earth when they first arrive and they're like, oh, I'm just gonna make myself look as much like that as I can to exactly. fit in. You never know. Yeah. Because <laughs> some of these descriptions are like, what, or do they see, like, a bunch of things? Like, like that Thea Flake monster, was it like, oh, that's a person... And and that's a fish. I'll just I'll just blend them together, and yeah. that's what it came out with. 
You know? It could also be like what we had said before, where like there's like these um, beings that have been on Earth for a long time and just don't show their face a lot. Mm-hmm. So, who yeah. Knows? Who knows? Who fucking knows? Okay, I've got a couple more examples. Okay. This is a long, this is going to be a long old podcast. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, okay, so that was 1972 that the Loveland Frogman there was seen. Yep. The first one, the years like one since 1972, the crazy UFO experience in 1973, 1974, we're on now. <laughs> so it's crazy that all of this happened around the same time. And then I'm wondering if it's like just collective consciousness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, like, people, some people saw this and then other people saw it. Or because people saw it, people noticed more things that were happening around. Yeah. Or or perhaps this was just a time when the veil was very thin, but for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nuclear shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yes, this is uh, November 1st, 1974. Columbus Police Department received two sets of eyewitnesses' reports claiming to have seen and one of them was attacked by a massive bipedal green-skinned creature that was skulking around waterways in Indiana's Millrace Park. So, first report, we got four teenage girls. They're hanging out in the park. One of them spots the creature, large, hairy, and green. And they all see it, and they're terrified, and they run away, and they report it to the police. Hmm. So there's your first one. Later the same day, two adult women are, like, chatting and eating dinner in their car at the park. Um, and they're, they're sitting, just jamming, and a huge seven-foot creature comes out of the woods, goes straight for the car, and just starts, like, smashing its fucking fists into the windshield. And the creature apparently has, like, slime all over its face, and it's literally biting at the windshield. So much so that the woman, one of the women, the woman who came forward and reported it later on said she could see its fangs. It was like real trying to get in the car. Uh, She said the creature had a greenish tinge to it. And after the attack, where it had been banging its fists on the thing, she said it fucking stank. Like like dead animals. Gross. Yeah, which is... (sighs) Yeah. Then nine days after the original sighting, there's two uh, city workers who um, who are dog catchers, and they say they see it. But like, but like afterwards, say, oh, it could have been just a guy in a mask with like green blankets over him, copycatting the original creature. Yeah, but like. I don't know. It seemed a bit weird. It seemed like someone spoke to them after they made the report and then they kind of withdrew it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the interesting thing about this is is that there was a huge monster hunt, like, in the city park and loads of people turned up with, like, guns and shit trying to hunt this fucking monster. Nice. But it was never seen again after that. Um, but very interestingly, one month... Prior to this event, uh, you had another fucking, like, massive UFO event. Yeah. So, on October 9th, residents in East Central Indiana lit up the first responder switchboards, and there were over 700 calls of... What are you showing me here? (laughs) 
Okay, so I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but <laughs> some of like our listeners might have know what know what this movie is like Doug's first movie. Yeah. So like Doug's, uh, I think was like a t- Doug was a TV series. Yeah, no, I remember Doug. Yeah, and so like the movie was essentially about like a creature that they found that came out of the water. Oh. So it's it's essentially the same concept, which I found was interesting. Um, I always love the scene when they dressed up. Him, him as like a a, he looks a like woman. E. T. in that picture. I think that's kind e. of what the of. concept yeah. is. Is like kind of like an E. T. But it's more like swamp monster, and how they end up like finding him and like taking him in. And he was like this nice like creature or whatever like that. Yeah. But um, for the most part, like the description is very similar and the stories is very similar. That's probably where they got their idea for the concept. Oh yeah, it. these things come up in pop culture all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, the original Thetis Lake thing, there was a movie shown mm-hmm. on, like, some crappy TV channel just before, and, like, people were like, oh, it looks like the monster in that, so, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, right, there was a big UFO thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, over 700 calls, uh, local law enforcement... Spent hours tracking an object that was blinking red, white, blue, revolving light and hovering near the ground. Uh, astronomy students at Ball State University claimed to have seen the UFO by telescope. Radar operators picked it up at Fort Wayne, uh, and it was like an unexpected blip. And then a, there was a, apparently a widespread flurry of UFO activity. It's called a flap. There is something I didn't know before. That's a terrible description. That's a <laughs> terrible word. That's, that's, that's so bad. I would never use that. I'd be embarrassed to use that word. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, uh, yeah, this is just a reception from your first nose, a flap. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, again... Military base 14 miles away from the park yeah. near a town called Edinburgh. Like, I'm I'm honestly convinced that half of these fucking things that are running around are, like, escaped experiments from, like, military yeah. institutions. Or that they've got... They're using technology, like, time travel technology, teleportation technology, and weird shit is getting through because they're fucking with, like, the anatomical uh, atom structure yeah. of the fucking world, you know? Well, that was about, like, I guess, like, what was, like, Second World War, when they, like, were going so gung-ho on this, and then after that, they never slowed down. Yeah. They they probably, there was a lot of things they probably did that weren't so great, and they never said anything about it. No. Of course not. But they just wanted to try everything. Well, they took all the Nazi scientists. Yeah. In Operation Paperclip, and they were doing some fucking mad shit, like, yeah. horrendous horrendous shit so who knows like they they took them and they were allowed to carry on their research who fuck knows what they came up with after that exactly um but bringing these encounters round uh there is ley lines that run through both indiana and the corner of ohio okay so again like i'm kind of thinking that your reason you get like these um these events happening in these particular areas is because the UFOs know where, like, energy lines are and stuff. You only have to look at the NASCAR lines and things like that. Yeah. They're on ley lines, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um, okay, and then I've got one other 
One other example for you, but this time we're leaving America and Canada, going all the way to the other side of the world, to, have you, there's, okay, so, this is in World War Two. Mm-hmm. So, during World War Two, there's a bunch of Japanese soldiers were stationed in the K Islands, K-E-I, in Indonesia, um, and they had these weird encounters with these creatures kind of like what we've been talking about so these are like coming from all over the world and like in different time periods and yeah like these are just a few like a random spate of examples mm-hmm. um so so the japanese uh soldiers like saw these things and the local villagers would like were familiar with them and they called them the orang ikan Orang, uh, O-R-A-N-G, I-K-A-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually when it's orang, it's like man something, I think, in Indonesian, which is where you get orangutan from. And they also have the orang pendek, who's like a yeti kind of thing, like a Bigfoot thing. Um, but this translates to man fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and the creatures are described as being about... 150 centimetres tall which I think is once again around 5 feet I don't know why they put it in centimetres but that is weird um, and then having spikes all along its like spine and all across its shoulders and down its neck Uh, they had a pink salmon coloured skin and their mouth looked like a a, like a carp fish mouth Mm mhm um, and they had legs. Again, they had, like, frog-like arms and legs and, and had, like, claws on the ends. Um, there were loads of sightings of them, um, and they were, like, amphibious, kind of like frogs as well. Uh, they said, the soldiers reported, like, like coming across one in, like, a, in, like, a little lagoon, and it jumped out and made like these weird gurgling noises and they took that to be like a like it was an aggressive act towards them mm-hmm. um so they i think they tried to shoot at it i was as you do you know soldiers i don't know what that is it looks like i might be aggressive let's just fucking shoot at it and see what happens of course anyway so they had these weird experiences with them, and then a, the sergeant named Mr. Tarot, or I assume Sergeant Tarot, um, he was uh, speaking to villagers and asking if like they ever caught them in their nets or whatever, and then he was summoned by the chief of the tribe who like showed him a dead one mm-hmm. uh, that they'd caught. He said it was roughly four foot nine inches there you go basically five feet again so are these all the same creature that are being seen in all these different places potentially with slightly different uh defenses because well i mean no they've pretty much all had like spikes on them except the the loveland yeah on and the mill race um but yeah and he said yeah it had a mouth like a calf and he he, when the war was over, this guy apparently went back to Japan and tried to get, like, zoologists to come. Because he was like, a fucking mad new creature. But, like, no one really took him seriously. Of course. Um, but again, I looked into, like, what's in the area, you know? 
And the closest I could find, because the K Islands uh, are not particularly... I don't think many people live there. They're still fairly wild, and they're in the middle of, like, the Pacific Ocean. Uh, I think the Pacific. Again, not good with geography. <laughs> but Bali, which is close by... Um, it's, it's nearly 3,000 kilometers away, but it's close for the islands and stuff in this area. Yeah. Um, so the island of Bali is an energy vortex. It's one of those ones that we were talking about, the 12 energy vortexes, and it has two, uh, large, uh, ley lines that run through it, and it's apparently also the location of the Earth's Kundalini energy, which is... Super interesting. What is that? Well, as far as I'm aware, I haven't looked into this for a while, but the the Kundalini is like, um, to do with like, I could be completely wrong on this, but as far as I'm aware, it's like a snake and it, or it's represented by a snake and it runs up the spinal column of people and it's like to do with like the chakras and your Kundalini energy is like your core energy and, and that Bali is on the kundalini of the of the earth on the spine of the earth well it's it's more than that that's it's not just the spine so this is it's like, like another episode yeah kind of it's, it's, yes i will have to look into this again okay. it's like the core energy of the earth like the kundalini is the core energy of a person okay as far as i know and and you know those things what are those um areas on your body that when you are doing, like, healing and stuff. Oh, my God. The word's on the tip of my tongue. I love this because you have too much knowledge for your own good. <laughs> and <laughs> then sometimes... It's all mixed up in my head. I was going to say, like, you have, like, Me- Median lines. Okay. For every fact you have, you have another fact to go off of that fact. And then you have a fact to go off of that fact. You have a fact to go off of that fact. And then you forget what your first initial fact was. Okay. <laughs> because you know a lot. Well... I also looked into UFO here, yeah. and again, one year before these Japanese soldiers reported seeing these these frogmen, uh, so in 1942, the crew of HNLMS Tromp, what a lovely name, huh. cruiser belonging to the Royal uh, Netherlands Navy, they saw a large aluminium disc flying towards the ship... <laughs> At a huge speed. What are you giggling at? <laughs> aluminium. 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 <laughs> they saw a large aluminium disc that flew towards the ship at a tremendous speed and then circled above the, the vessel for about three or four hours. That is a long fucking UFO experience. Yeah. Uh, finally, it flew off an estimated 3,000 to 3,500 miles an hour. Wow. That's 4,800 to 5,600 kilometers an hour. The officer on duty was unable to identify it as any known aircraft. Also, how do you guess this? I have never seen anything moving at 3,500 miles an hour. That looks like it's roughly traveling at 3,500 miles an hour. That is, yeah. Well, unless you, like, like went from here to here in one second, and then they could track that. Mm-hmm. Then, like, oh, that was what the distance was, and then he said in one second it went from there to there. That would be the only way that I would think that they would ever be able to measure it. Otherwise, nobody would just fathom up a guess of, like, how fast that was. Yeah. I don't know. It's fucking weird. So I've got a few theories on what these are, but what what do you think they are first? 
Or do you think they're all connected or do you think they're all completely separate or... I th- I think they're probably all completely separate. Yeah. Um, but I can see why, like, they are combined and, like, used in the same ways because they're very similar, but, like, they don't have similar stories. Like, there's not similar motives. Like, there's not similar, like, behaviors. There's... Just because they look very similar... Yeah. Does not mean they could be connected anyway. Because usually, like, when I think of stuff like this, I don't just think of, okay, what it looks like. Okay, a ghost is a ghost, whatever. No, I think of motives. Like, how did it act? Who did it act towards? Mm-hmm. Where was it? Like, what, like, I look at those, like, more human traits than just it looked like a monster. Yeah, no, I think... If any of them uh, have the most similarity would be the Theus Lake monster and the the Japanese Orangutan, the Indonesian, sorry, Orangutan. But it's... For those two, I think they could actually be the same thing. Yeah. But but, but potentially, you know, like how things evolve differently in different areas, that they evolve slightly differently, which is why they're why they look, a, like, a little different because of the, the environment that they're in. Yes, that would make sense. Um, especially because, like, um, you would have, like, they probably were in the same area at one point before, mm-hmm. like, the Continental moved and everything like that. Mm. And then, like, later on, um, they could have been, like, you know... Yeah, and they're both on islands, yeah. and they're both, like, using, like, small lagoons or small, like lake areas yeah. so i think they have the most similarities but yeah but but so do you think so you're saying that they're an actual creature yeah i think that like the i i don't know about the alien thing per se um but like yeah it could be an alien it also could be something like reptilian like it could be mm-hmm. something that's been on the earth that was alien and is now oh interesting not alien yeah. anymore well, it could be. Well, actually, that opens up a whole other thing. Because if you think that, if you believe in the theory that you know the Anunnaki came here and put their DNA with uh, primate DNA to create the human race, what if they tried it with other things first? Yeah. Like, what if they mixed their DNA with fucking frog DNA or human DNA with like any sort of amphibian DNA, mm-hmm. and those things just were kind of left to. They didn't work out how they wanted it to, and they were just left to fucking run around. Or what if they were just experiments? Exactly. And there's still a few out there. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm going with... I don't know. I, they could potentially be aliens. It's weird that there's, there seems to be these, like, huge UFO events around those times. But who's to say that's not the military trying to or the people who are doing the experiments on things or opening things up trying to cover up what they're doing by leading the public to believe that there was some sort of ufo event there so that if anything weird happens it's aliens and then also to make it so that if you talk about aliens too much especially during like the 70s and that that you're a fucking nutcase yeah um and then you've got with them being an actual creature that there's the have you ever heard of the aquatic ape theory no so the aquatic ape theory is that we like a lot of people will imply it when they talk about like mermaids and things like that but for me it would be way more applicable to these kind of creatures that have legs because this is the idea that at some time we either 
when we were coming out of the sea, there was a period, like, when we evolved from sea creatures, there was a period where we kind of lived in the water Mm -hmm. and, like, hunted and fished in the water and weren't completely land-based, kind of like a sea lion or something, I guess. Um, And there's, like, scientific things that, like, kind of point to this. Like, we can control our breathing, which isn't really a huge trait of, like, land-dwelling animals. Um we can hold our breath again not really a huge trait of an animal that doesn't live kind of in and out of the water i know rats can hold their breath but they also kind of like live on boats and like they can swim really far and shit so they're kind of also straddling that barrier we're hairless which is completely not like most other mammals on land but it is like a lot of sea creatures Mm -hmm. um our brain size in comparison to our body is really big which again fits with a lot of sea creatures um there's just a lot of things there's this whole like list of things Mm. that go to this theory so potentially they are us they're like aquatic apes who kind of stayed in the water because i mean dolphins and stuff are basically us who were like came out on land and were like nah fuck this shit and went back in the sea and you can tell because they have human-esque hand bones inside their flippers and sometimes Killer whales in particular are born with vestigial limbs, like back legs, but they don't really wear. They just <laughs> dangle about. Nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Or, or I'm going Tulpa or potential interdimensional beings that are, uh, are coming through energy centres because, because they're the easiest places for them to come through. It could also even just be as simple as something that lives in the ocean because we don't know most of the well, things that live there. There's that as well, yeah. Who the fuck knows? When it comes to like creatures that are of water, I feel like it's a lot harder to determine mm-hmm. because we don't know as much. So we can't really rule out anything because we don't know enough to start ruling out different things. When you have like land, you know, ones that live like in the woods and stuff like mm-hmm. that, even though the woods like obviously are a lot harder to, like, look for stuff. Mm-hmm. You're generally like, okay, well, the people who hike, people who camp, people who fly helicopters, people who fish, like, wouldn't somebody have seen them? But, like, with water, for the most part, unless it's a small little lake, mm-hmm. you might never, like, they could live their entire lives but just that, totally well, hunky-dory. Yeah. Talking about the fetus, like, one as well, it could, that like, the yeah, the amount of forest on Vancouver Island, maybe it just can go in water. Like, people can go in water. Yeah. But then, like, who's going to see it? If it can go in water and go underwater and go in forest, it's very unlikely, especially if there's only one of them. Yeah. Or, I don't know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to do a cryptid talk. <laughs> I think. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> I find it so reality. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, so I guess this is going to be quite a long episode because I went fucking ham on my research for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just started going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I need to mention all of these. Is that what you were doing last night? Yes. Oh, yes, man. that is why I was quiet doing. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> In my brain, I was not quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so what have you got to talk about? Um, so mine's not as, like, complex. Um, so I was just 
thought this was kind of interesting mm-hmm. because I've seen a lot of things is like underground like tunnels underground cities underground bunkers and just mm-hmm. things that are underground that like people you know like a lot of people love to just talk about it and have conspiracy theories of what's going on down there just mm-hmm. because like they can't really see it and there's a lot of it it's crazy how much um how many places around the world have systems like this mm-hmm. um it's pretty ridiculous like there's like a whole nother world just underground that is potentially abandoned potentially actually being used so mm-hmm. you never know um but the first one that i like started getting into was like um, there's a tunnel network beneath major Australian cities, such as Melbourne and Sydney, Sydney, and, um, people love to use it as, like, urban legends and, like, conspiracy theories and say that there's things going on. Um, there was rumors that, um, that, like, there was just, like, sketchy things going on there for the war, um, but, um, it ended up being, well, it could be really anything, but it ended up being essentially that they're just designed for, like, transport infrastructures that, like, projects that failed. Um, they still sometimes use them as, like, taking, like, mail and precious cargo, um, underground instead of above in the city, which also may or may not be true. Um, and well, I mean, Australia has an entire underground town because it's just too hot. Yeah. In the middle. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it, it, if it's there, you might as well use it. It's kind yeah. of like how I think. Um, and then um, there's also, like, these, like, for telecommunications, gas, electricity, water, sewage infrastructure. Just because it's already built there, you might as well use it. Mm-hmm. Other cities have used it as, like, their um, metro stations. Mm-hmm. And they've just kind of taken it and, like, built it into that. Some, that's what it was meant for. And some, that's not what it was meant for. And which just refurbished to that so um there's also uh the royal melbourne hospital as like a tunnel system mm-hmm. um and members of the public can book a place um once yearly like tours so sometimes we'll let them tour but a lot of these ones that i found um it's only like you only get a tour to 10 percent of it you only get a tour like occasionally during times of the year. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like under a hospital though, it would probably have been either because a lot of hospitals and things used to be TB clinics. Yes. And and also morgue. Yes. Like taking stuff so you're not just wheeling fucking dead bodies through the middle of the hospital. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing. They also say like exact locations remain secret for security and operational reasons. Well, what exactly does that mean? Like, are you still using these? And then you're like, okay, one day of the year we let people come so it looks like we're not doing anything. Like, <laughs> what do you think about doing? Well, who knows? Like, that's the thing. That's why people love to go because their, their imaginations go wild. But it really could just be something so simple as like, oh, it's just danger- it's dangerous, so don't go down there. Yeah, also we don't want fucking nutters coming in because they know where we're transporting dead bodies around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they don't want, like, homeless people to be living down there or they don't want people just to be using it as, like, the underground bunkers or whatever mm-hmm. so who knows what those are for but there's also one in turkey which this one was pretty cool so there's like a network of tunnels and rooms found with like living quarters stables churches storage rooms um Where and wineries in turkey there's an entire underground um world that can hold more than twenty thousand people and you can actually go visit that and I'm pretty sure that one is like where you can only see like 10% or maybe you can see a little bit more than that because um, I'm assuming they haven't updated it so it's probably not the safest place but like there was at a point that they could hold tons of people there but they're not alone with that so there's also a place in Beijing that had an underground city which I'm assuming more people know about 
was built in the 1970s to serve as a shelter during invasions, bombings, and nuclear attacks, which, not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so they often referred to as underground Great Wall, and it had about 100 hidden entrances and was built with complete services such as schools, hospitals, sleeping halls, in case citizens needed to seek refuge for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of places. And then there's places in um, uh, Portland. So Portland has, like, um, a lot of basements of many bars. I know about these, yeah. Yeah, have, like, tunnels and, like... Um, that would essentially, like, allow you to move supplies to, like, storage, uh, dock ships and stuff, um, which I'm assuming, they say it's for kidnapping people. But this is a rumor. Yeah, Yeah. Shanghaian people. But apparently that didn't really happen in Portland, but people just went on these wild stories because of these transport sellers. But I do believe that during Prohibition, a local gangster used them to get beer to come out of a fountain, or tried to. He might have got caught before it actually happened in the middle of town. Well, yeah, they also say, like, that's what the Moose Jaw Tunnels are for. To be completely frank, the Moose Jaw Tunnels actually weren't for that. Um, mm-hmm. They were for, like, completely something different. Or they were for that, they just weren't for, like, what the story said, which is, like, Al Capone used it as his, like, underground bunker. That was just, like, a, you know, fantasized story mm-hmm. because he thought it'd be really cool. I think Al Capone, like, spent, like, one or two nights actually there. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as, like, grandiose. Well, it's still a I know. That's the thing. It's, like, I think that, like, somebody <laughs> with money or who was bored in Saskatchewan was, like, hey, let's dig a bunch of tunnels and whatever. Yeah. And there probably were still a bunch of tunnels from, like, when the railroads and, like, mm-hmm. you know, all the the um, Chinese people that they, like, took and put down there. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, that makes more sense, and that's just sad and, like, really, like, frustrating that, like, but that would be more... You know, that would make more sense about, like, what would... Like, people don't make tunnels, I don't think. Like, obviously, there are these cities that are, like, for just in case something happens. But, like, most of them are for really hideous things. Or to get away with certain crimes. Or, you know, they're not very good things that they're coming out with and why those tunnels exist. Um, but for some people, they just love to think of, like, all these crazy things mm-hmm. that would come out of it. Um, so there's also the ones in Edinburgh that... Um, where you probably know more about this, but, like, they're essentially just, like... I don't know what they were created for, specifically. It was mostly um, storage. Yeah? Okay. Well, there's a few things. Okay, so... You have the the vaults, and, like... There's ones that are, like, inside a bridge, and the bridge is said to be cursed. Mm-hmm. And that's the weird one where... Okay, so firstly, Burke and Hare used to run bodies through these tunnels because then they wouldn't get caught running around with the dead bodies they were trying to sell to Dr. Knox, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the weird thing that I went to visit the vaults, those ones inside the bridge, and there's a Wiccan temple inside there. But as I was saying to you before this podcast, I don't know any Wiccans who would like to have a temple underground in a man-made structure. Yeah. So I think potentially something... Darker. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say what. Um, and then, but then the other thing is, is you've got things like St. Mary's Close in Edinburgh, which I believe, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe that when the plague happened, they kind of just left the poor people there and just like covered up the street with them down there mm-hmm. and then carried, like, and then just built a new street on top. Mm-hmm. So there's like an underground city where they just left the plague poor people to die. Yeah. 
Well, they said that, yeah, like, um, when the businesses moved out, the vaults became home to the city's poorest souls. Yes. A skid row complete with pubs and brothels scattered around the wet chambers, a place so grim it would make any of today's red light districts seem nice and snug. Well, I also think that in the, the vaults inside that cursed bridge, that there was a fire in there, with, and then obviously loads of homeless people... And, like, families lived down there, and they died because they couldn't get out because they were stuck underground in these vaults when the fires happened. Yeah. Um, so then, other than this, there was more underground tunnels and systems in Poland, uh, Spain, Czech Republic, um, Canada. So other than Mushja, there's the ones in Montreal, like, essentially the city below the city, Mm -hmm. um, which I've seen a couple of times, and it's kind of cool to see just how far down and how high it really is. And how, it's crazy how, like, it literally is, like, it's not just a small, like, underground. It's, like, a massive underground. What? in Montreal. So, I'm not, I can't remember, I think it was just that it started sinking, the city, and so they just... Or was it the mud flood from the Tartarian Empire? Definitely possible. (laughs) And then they decided to just build another city over top of it. Um, and so, but the city obviously is massive. Mm-hmm. Like, the the buildings at the point, like, were at least a couple stories. So it's, like, it's not a small tunnel system. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of these ones are. Like, they use a lot of these in, like, movies and TV shows. So, like, in Jordan Peele's Us, where, like, you know, they have that whole, like, civilization. I was thinking about this today, and I freak myself out walking home in the dark. I yeah. don't know why that film really, like, the mirror, like, going for the mirrors and stuff just, and that yes. underground thing is fucking... It definitely is a really gnarly. creepy, creepy um, concept, what he did. He did a really good job with just, like, spooking people mm-hmm. and making them think about some interesting concepts. Um, obviously, the Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, mm-hmm. which also kind of takes what you say and takes what I say. And, like, oh, shit! Because the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I yeah. didn't even think about that. We always have a link. Yeah. And then there's, like, the Batman movies and TV shows where... You know, like a lot of the layers and a lot of what they do the is baddies live underground a lot. Mm-hmm. Even a crook. Yeah, in Stranger Things, they have like underground, like, um, and then it, like also goes with like the bunkers and like the like um, the U.S. forces and like and like the Russians and like what they're doing underground and they're trying to do like experiments and stuff like that. Um, into the Spider Verse, they have like a point where like they, they'll have like. A lot of, like, water, sewer systems, um, some that are abandoned. And there's also some movies where, like, they'll have, like, um, uh, within, like, this subway system, the metro station, they'll have, like, rooms that are, like, you can get to through, like, the tubes, through the tunnels that are, like, where people would hide. I think they've had that on a couple of the Spider-Man. Midnight Meat Train. Yes, they've had that. <laughs> they've had a couple Spider-Man movies. Like, this is a very, like, common, like, people... Obviously, probably just, like, oh, this is fascinating, and, like, I would love to, like, see that's where the baddies live and whatever. But, like, there probably are some things going on down in those. I think, isn't there, like, a huge amount of people who live in the, like, old metro stations and sewers and that under New York? I, I think that so. that's a thing. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that's what I learned about for that. Um, there was a lot more I could go into it, but I just thought it would be cool just to see, like, how vast these tunnels and these systems and how big and how much infrastructure. Like, to have schools, churches, mm. like, hospitals. Like, that's ridiculous to think about. That is not visible. 
Well, you know bus. about the, the the tunnels that are apparently under Denver Airport, don't you? No, one of those. Well, Denver Airport, you must have heard of all the conspiracy shit to do with Denver Airport. No, I'm very, like, hit and miss with the conspiracy theories because I'd like to be as, like, like um, in between as I possibly can with these things. I don't want to seem, like, quite the nutter, but I would like to be aware of, like, the important things that are going on in our world. Well, actually, Denver Airport was mentioned to me by my sister about ten years ago, and it's actually what started me down, like, this huge fucking rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there's just all this trippy fucking weird shit about that airport. Firstly, apparently, if you look at it from above, or I don't know if they've changed this, but it kind of looks like a swastika. That's never a good start. No. I think that's Denver Airport, anyway. Maybe I'm mixing up my conspiracy theories here. But anyway, stuff that is definitely in Denver Airport is there was 12 murals painted by a Mayan artist that depicted the end of the world, and it's all this fucked up shit, and it's like an actual, like, storyline. And it has, like, this fucking spooky-ass dude with, like, a gas mask on murdering shit and then like doves and children and mad mad shit about the end of the world and then it has this uh this thing that has like two chemical elements on it like this little plaque to it in the airport that's like a-u-a-g which i think is like silver and gold or something yeah but it's also actually like the name corresponds with like basically super aids (laughs) right they also put this fucking gargoyle thing in there that's like weird as like so this is in the airport or is it under the airport no no no. this is these are just random things about denver airport but but no are you taking us down right now no no i'm getting there the queen and loads of important people around the world, like rich bastards, have bought up loads of land around Denver Airport. And underneath the airport is a series of giant tunnels. And what they say, because people know about the tunnels, but like they kept hiring different work crews, so no one knows the full extent of the tunnels underneath there, or where they go or anything. They just kept like getting some people to build like one bit and other people to build one bit so they couldn't correlate what it looked like under there yeah and uh they said that so they basically built the airport and then like people were like why are these tunnels underneath they're like oh we fucked it up and then we'll, we'll just build another one over the top so there's like a secret tunnel system under the Denver airport apparently interesting I don't know what the fuck's going on down there. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, who knows when that was created, what it was created for, what is going on down there. Um, Also, who knows if all of these different places have the same things going on down in each one, or if they're just all just happen to be underground, and so everyone kind of correlates them together. Or if it's going to be actually, like, they're going to be reaching each other. Because, like, and Jordan Peele's Us is essentially that he's like, there's so many systems underground in the U.S., and they all connect to each other. That's what it was based on? Yeah. I thought it was, like, the as above, so below kind of thing. Like, the mirror image, same as in Stranger Things. Like, this world, but... Potentially, but then that also could be the same thing. So it could be that, like, yeah, VR, he is mentioning that, but he's also mentioning because there is a world underneath. Interesting. That we don't know about. And I don't think anybody would really go look or care. 
Like, obviously, it affects us so immensely because, like, it's almost like as if it's happening to us above here. Mm-hmm. But, like, who's going to go? I'm personally not going to go down there. But you know that they're waiting. Like, this is another conspiracy theory. They think there's an underground city or more than one underground city in the Arctic that's going to be found very soon. Uh, that was like uh, belonging to an ancient civilization like it's been predicted that it's under there yeah and that they're going to announce it at some point but some people uh, also say that that's where the Nazis went after the war yeah and and Hitler and they escaped to like underground cities up in the Arctic Mm mhm well to be fair I'm pretty sure that underground um, the weather is just temper like mild all the time Mm mhm I don't think, like, so I think you would be able to survive, like, any kind of, like, ice age, you know, global warming, anything like that. Hmm. Well, there's another theory that our reptilian counterparts went underground because they didn't want anything to do with us and that they live in underground tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I'd go nuts in underground. I would need to see some sunshine. Well, Yeah. <laughs> like it probably is not the prettiest thing underneath there well no but like I don't know I guess it depends and would you like adapt to it or like evolve to it like maybe people are like if, if there is actual underground civilizations maybe they're like blind kind of like bats mm-hmm. and that they, they don't really need yeah. sight yeah sure like in fucking are they blind in fucking uh, the descent I don't know what that is Oh, it's like this fucked up movie where these people go caving and there's like these weird underground humanoid creature fucking things. The ending of that film, I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, watch it. But the ending of that film fucked with my head so bad. Mm. Uh, we'll watch it sometime. Anyway, I think we've fucking yammered on for long enough today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If there's anything that we said that was something that you want to know more about then like write to us let us know um or if there's anything that we haven't talked about in any of our episodes that you'd like to know about because i'm always up for a little research session Mm -hmm. um and yeah that's the that's the end of the episode we'll you can uh send us any messages on that on uh on instagram and yeah We'll uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll tune in again to listen to something else. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cuddle my butt.